Hi, I'm Rocco Stano and welcome to On Location. Today from across the pond, we have comedian, judge on Britain Scott Talent and creator of Little Britain television program in UK, but also children's book author. Welcome, David Wallace. Thank you so much for yes. having me. Yes, and your book, Demon Dentist. Now, so your character in this book joins a, a line of psychopathic dentists, you know, like uh, Laurence <laughs> Olivier in Marathon Man. Well, yeah, that was definitely an inspiration because <laughs> um, that is one of the most terrifying scenes in cinema. I don't have anything quite as scary in this. Um, Miss Root, who's the character on, on the cover of the book, she is a dentist and you think of her as being quite proper. But uh, Alfie, who's, who's the little boy there, he finds out that she is in fact a witch. Ah. And she's hell-bent on stealing all the children in the town where the book is, is set, their teeth. Um, had a lot of fun creating it. And of course, you need a really good evil villain for a children's book, don't you? Do you enjoy uh, scaring kids? Um, well, not personally. But, um, but uh, I like the idea that the story is a little bit scary. I mean, I think it's one of those things as a kid you... You, you, you like being scared to some extent, or you wouldn't go on a roller coaster, would you? It's, it's thrilling. Um, but I try and counterbalance the, you know, the, the scary elements with humor too. Humor is the most important element of all my books. So the book is out here March 1st in uh, the US, but it's been out in the UK for about a year and a half. You have so many young fans in the UK, and I guess they probably communicate with you and tell you what they like and what they don't like. Oh, definitely. More about what they don't like. You get more letters about that. Like one of the books was published, and by accident, it had like two chapters, both uh, listed as like chapter twenty. Hundreds of letters from kids, and I got a letter from a little girl who was complaining that I started some sentences with "and," and she must have just learnt in her her class at school that uh, you're not meant to do that. And so she wrote me a letter. Dear Mr. Williams, please do not start any more of your sentences with and. It is not grammatically correct. Uh, you're sincerely Charlotte. So I wrote back, Dear Charlotte, and thank you so much for your letter. <laughs> and I've thought long and hard about what you said, and I've decided you're right. I will not begin any more sentences with and. And yours sincerely, David. So I have a lot of fun responding to the kids. And it, you know, the thing about kids is they're very honest. Now, you or I have probably finished books for grown-ups mm -hmm. that have been boring, that we found boring from page one, right? That we've heard is up for some big literary prize or something, and so we've finished this deathly dull 900-page book that we didn't understand. Um, kids are not like that. If they find something boring, they're going to tell you. They're not going to finish a book they find boring. So they're actually quite a tough audience to write for. I think people think, oh, children's books, that's easy because, you know, the books are shorter. But um, you need to really grab them from page one. And also, I think you need a cliffhanger at the end of each chapter because you need to be saying to the kid, oh, you know, you're going to read the next chapter uh, tomorrow night. So you've been visiting schools here in the U.S., mm. like Plaza Vista out mm. in California, some schools in Chicago. Mm. So is the audience uh, different? Did you have to gear your presentation a little uh, differently? They were chattier here were in the U.S. I think a little more reserved in the U.K. And, uh, but it was great, actually, because it was a dialogue between the kids and me. That's was like 300 kids in a hall. And, and I, I actually really relished it because in the UK I'm well known from television, in the US I'm, I'm not. And so in the US it's purely about the books, you know, no one can say, oh well you're, you know, the books have done well because we know you from Britain's Got Talent or something. Um, so to hear 
all the kids laugh at the jokes when I read a bit from them. Um, to hear them gasp at the scary bits was really, really exciting to me. And uh, I'm thrilled the books, uh, the book has been published in the US, and um, and that uh, that you know young readers in America are already responding to it. Has there been any criticism that you're perpetuating the stereotype of a British uh, dental health? Well, um, British people are famous for having bad teeth, but in, in, in their defense, I'd say these are the teeth we're born with, okay? Now, a lot of American people, they like to have like <laughs> veneers, don't they, and everything. Right. They like to have a perfect smile. Um, we only have one person uh, with that kind of smile in the UK, and that's Simon Cowell. Yeah. Everyone else has. <laughs> and that's because he was on TV in America. Uh, so, yeah, my teeth aren't too bad, are they? No, they're pretty good, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I cleaned them just before, just before I did this interview because I, I just ate something and I thought, oh, I'm having a bit of like spinach <laughs> on my teeth. Well, the boy in the book, Alfie, he hates going to the dentist. Um, and so this is his biggest fear. When he was very little, a dentist pulled out the wrong tooth. So to have this really rather evil character intent on taking out all his teeth is a, is, a, is a very, very scary thought to him. But I had a lot of fun creating the characters, and um, particularly the Miss Root. And if you think about a book like 101 Dalmatians mm -hmm. in the movie, can you remember what the heroes are called? I can only remember Cruella de Vil. This is true. <laughs> because she's yes. the character that zings out the book and the movies, um, and, and she's the one that you love to spend time with. Uh, and so I think a, an imp a really, a really dastardly villain is, in, is important to a children's book. So speaking of characters, you have uh, a character, Raj, that makes appearances in almost all your books. Yes, well, he is a newsagent character, so he runs a little corner shop, and he's based on a real newsagent that uh, lives near me in London. And I put him in the first book, The Boy in the Dress. He was very useful because he was a grown-up, but he wasn't a parent or a teacher. So... He could be more of a friend to the, to the kids in the stories and, and, and give them really good advice. I loved writing his scenes in the first book, The Boy in the Dress, then I put him in the second book, Mr. Stink, then I thought, kind of going to have to put him in all the books now. And um, he's the one I get asked most about in the UK uh, because one book I set in the 1930s, it's called Awful Auntie, so it was before he was born. And uh, kids actually didn't complain he was in the book, so I uh, added a letter of complaint at the end um, from Raj, moaning that he's not in the book. And then I was doing a book signing and some kid said, did you write the letter from Raj or did Raj? <laughs> it was very sweet, it was really, really real to them. It was really sweet. Your earlier books were uh, illustrated by uh, Quentin Blake. Mm. Sir Quentin Blake. Sir Quentin Blake, yes. Mm. And you should call me Dame David Williams. <laughs> Oh, you British. <laughs> yes. Well, he uh, illustrated your books and some of Roald Dahl's books. Mm. And, and, and this book is illustrated by uh, Tony Ross, mm. uh, who uh, did a great job on the mm. cover. And not only on this cover, but when we take the paper mm. cover, cover off, we also have this fantastic. Yeah, so that's a scene from, from the book. That's Alfie um, going down the stairs in his school on the tray. And... Um, this is his social worker, Winnie, who's on a moped, and she's driving around the school trying to find him. Um, it's a little bit of Evil Knievel there. I think as a kid, I saw, I saw a movie about Evil Knievel, and they had him driving a motorbike up and down some stairs in a house, and I remember just thinking it was the most exciting thing I'd ever seen in my life. And it's really crazy, like, you know, sort of 35 years later, you go, I remember that film about Evil Knievel I saw? Oh, I'd really like someone going down the stairs 
on, on a motorbike. And so I ended up writing that in the book. Well, there are several illustrations. It's a very a highly illustrated book. Do you have yeah. a favorite one? Well, I think it's really important um, for reluctant readers, particularly, um, to make sure there's lots of illustrations because it makes the book friendly to kids who are not necessarily voracious readers. And you must know in what you do, you'll meet an eight-year-old who's yes. read all Harry Potter books. You'll meet a 12-year-old who's never read a book. Um, this is actually my favorite. We're talking about being in a mine shaft. It was blacker than black at the bottom of the mine shaft. This is how dark it was. <laughs> and have that, so. I don't know if that took Tony long to do. Yes. But I love having surprises <laughs> like that in the book. And, you know, um, they're absolutely beautiful illustrated. I mean, that is the... Uh, that is the tooth which is lair, where everything, including a chandelier there, is, is made from teeth. Um, but I was with Jeff Kinney the other day. Oh, Jeff, a friend. Uh, he's a lovely man. Yes. Did you go to his bookstore? I went to his incredible bookstore. I saw Terrific. Him, uh, yeah. And I was reading his books before I came to meet him. And, and they're so friendly to, uh, to, to reluctant readers, particularly boys, and it tends to be when mums and dads talk to me in the UK and say they couldn't get their kid into reading, it's normally boys. And he's made a book that's so friendly uh, to readers. It's a, it's a fantastic thing. And, you know, there is, uh, as I say, there is such a variety of reading levels with kids, but it's important we don't let um, those kids who don't like reading books fall behind. You know, if we just concentrate on the kids who are reading the works of Charles Dickens, mm -hmm. age 10, um, and we forget about the boys who are just stuck in their room playing the Xbox all day, um, we're doing those boys a disservice. And I, I really want my books to be as entertaining as possible. And I want them to be books that kids choose to read, not, not ones they're told to read. I want them to go, I really want to read this book. You're a busy guy. You're, you're on television. You're writing children's books. And you're also narrating. You actually are the, uh, the narrator of mm. the audio book uh, mm. of this book, but yes. also of the upcoming uh, Roald Dahl uh, BFG book. Yes. yes. I, I'm such a fan of Roald Dahl. He's my absolute hero. And the first book that really turned me on to reading as a kid was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So they asked me to um, narrate one of his books, and I really wanted to do the BFG. The tough thing about the BFG is there's actually about 10 giants, you know, because, you know, mm -hmm. the, the BFG comes, comes in contact with all these evil giants. It's quite hard in 10 different voices, <laughs> these different giants. But I had so much fun uh, doing it, and I was so delighted with the results and um, I think that's coming out soon in conjunction with the movie which I guess is this, yeah this July yes yeah would you uh, read a portion of the book uh, in character of course would you like me to read out loud of, yeah why not yes just for you thank you so much um, I will I'll read a little bit of um, of Miss Root actually because I have a lot of fun uh, going into schools and uh, terrifying all the children by becoming Miss Root so this is a a scene in the book where she's come to Alfie's school and she's addressing all the school, all the school children. Finally, Miss Root reached the front of the hall. She turned around and smiled. The low winter sun shone through the high windows and bounced off her teeth, causing the front few rows to cover their eyes. Good morning, children, she said brightly. Let me introduce myself. I am your no dentist. My name is Miss Root, but I ask all my little patients to call me Mummy. <laughs> now I came to this town when a very unfortunate, indeed fatal accident, befell Mr. Erstwhile, your previous dentist. The poor wretch must have fallen on one of his own dental instruments. 
<laughs> the irony. Of course, there's no need to go into all the gory details, but suffice it to say, Mr. Erswile was found lying on the floor of his surgery in a huge pool of blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love being Miss Root. Well, if only I could, <laughs> I could have dressed as Miss Root today yeah. for this special program. Well, you know, uh, when it becomes a musical, you could play the part. Ah, oh, which would be fantastic, because I'd love to play Miss Trunchbull in Matilda the Musical. Unfortunately, I can't sing or dance. I'm not the greatest actor, but, um, but I'd love to give it a go. It hasn't stopped others. I know. Thank you. Thank you for that. So in preparation of doing the narration of BFG, did you do any uh, research? Well, I had been to Roald Dahl's house, Gypsy Cottage, um, which is absolutely beautiful. But one of the things you notice is it was a small house with lots of lots of uh, rooms added on the side, and they're slightly haphazard, some of these, these rooms. And uh, his, his widow, Lissy Dahl, was telling me that there was a local builder called Wally, Wally the Builder, who had, was very, very tall, had big sticking out ears, much like the BFG. And um, I think he sort of spoke in a sort of Somerset accent. And uh, he was actually the inspiration for the BFG. He was, he was a, a, a very kindly man, not the greatest builder, um, <laughs> because the rooms were a bit wonky. And uh, another story that Sir Quentin Blake told me, um, who illustrated the BFG, was that uh, uh, Roald Dahl had a very specific idea about what kind of shoes that uh, the BFG should wear, and it should be these sandals. And he wanted them to be these very specific Norwegian sandals because Roald Dahl was originally from Norway. And so he sent him them through the post because it's different then, isn't mm -hmm. it? You know, you go about 30, 40 years, not like you can Google everything. Um, and he sent him these huge sandals, which were Roald Dahl's own sandals. And if you go to the Roald Dahl Museum in the UK, you can see the sandals that, uh, that Roald sent Quentin Blake. I mean, incredible because in someone like Roald Dahl's books, everything seems perfectly in place, but you realize just little bits of inspiration coming from all over the place. It's, it's, it's fascinating. The book is The Demon Dentist, now on sale, and I want to thank uh, Dame uh, David. Thank you very much. I'm glad you're here. using my, uh, my, <laughs> my co correct title. Thank you. Yes. It's only a matter of time until I'm made Queen of England. <laughs> Remember, until next time, give a kid a book in any format.